Peace in the shadows. This is Dr. Marla Beeler and Dr. J. Dr. Jonathan Beeler. Hello, everybody. Hope you're doing well. We are heading into a cold week. Yes. I don't know if it's cold where you are, but it's cold where we are. Yes, it is. All right. We'd like to give a quick shout out to Evington, Virginia. Thanks so much for listening. We really appreciate it so much. Keep sharing, everybody. All right. You can check us out at graceintheshadowsor.org. You can text or call 251-244-4645. Or you can email us at drjonathan at graceintheshadowsor.org. Well, I'm sure you have a joke or two, huh? Yeah. Okay. Which is faster, hot or cold? Which is faster? Yeah, which is faster, hot or cold? Uh, hot. Hot because you can catch cold. <laughs> That's bad. Okay. Well, I did get it right. You got it right. <laughs> it was a 50-50 chance. Yeah. <laughs> okay. What did one plate say to the other plate? What did one plate say to the other plate? I have no idea. Dinner's on me. Oh, my word. Okay. Well, we are in the Christmas season. We have uh, been through Thanksgiving. Hope everyone had a wonderful Thanksgiving, ate a lot of turkey and all that fun stuff. Ham, you like you like turkey for Thanksgiving. I love turkey. Some people like ham. Gobble, so, gobble. Gobble, gobble, gobble. All right. So I've got a couple of facts about Christmas decorations. The origins of the Christmas wreath remains mostly a mystery. Some people think that they were adapted from the ceremonial wreaths of ancient Greece, Greece and Rome, but others say that they were taken from the Advent wreath where they would adorn, the Christians would adorn the wreaths with four candles to indicate the four weeks before Christmas. I like to kind of think it was probably that. My guess. Mm-hmm. Okay. I hate to ruin anything. Yeah, you're going to say it's probably the other way. <laughs> you know, unfortunately, yeah. it probably was started the Greeks. Right. Probably was. Uh, and Christians borrowed it mm-hmm. to use for Christian celebration. Right. Who knows? I could Who be knows? wrong. I might be right and I might be wrong. Might be right and we might be wrong. Yeah. All right. Well, Americans did not immediately adopt the Christmas tree for Christmas decorations. Um, but they were first used by German Christians in the 16th century. They were called paradise trees and they were adorned with fruits like apples to represent the Garden of Eden. Of course, we don't know if Eve ate an apple, probably wasn't an apple, but anyway. And they also put candles and sweets. And uh, when German settlers brought their tradition to Pennsylvania, Americans did not immediately like it because they considered the tree symbols of paganism. But by the late 1840s, Queen Victoria Prince Albert decorated a Christmas tree that appeared in the London News. And that just kind of made everybody think, oh, it's so cool to have a Christmas tree. So people started having them in America. Yeah, you, you know, you could take this back all the way to yes. Jeremiah, and he wasn't a bullfrog. <laughs> Jeremiah I was. Okay. Well, actually, it talks about bowing down to trees. Right. Uh, putting them in your houses and bowing. Yeah. Um, you know, this was a type of idol right. that they would use as fertility. Yes. Um, 
and uh, definitely pagan. Right. Some people still take that view today that yeah. we shouldn't have them. Right. So I can empathize with the, you know, the yeah. Pennsylvanians. Right. But uh, my view is kind of like uh, we're not bowing down to trees. No, definitely not. And I think we can become so legalistic. Right. There's no freedom in Christ to enjoy anything. I, I agree. I mean, I've always liked having Christmas trees and such. Um, we have ours up. And uh, we started when the kids were little, we started giving them a special ornament each year. And so, uh, like, as they've gotten older, we've give them, given them uh, or saved for them their ornaments. So it's always been a cool tradition for us to decorate the Christmas tree and to have just cool ornaments and stuff. You know, as far as the fruit, mm-hmm. it, it most likely in the Garden of Eden was a fig. Ah. Because right after they found out they were naked, mm-hmm. uh, they covered themselves with figs. That, yeah. that is a very, I've never heard that. That's interesting. Yeah. All right. Okay. So what's our topic tonight? Topic tonight is a little bit of gaslighting. Oh, so we're going to be talking about some narcissism. It's been a while since we've done that. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well. Let's do it. Uh, I think with gaslighting, we need to learn to identify it. Okay. Uh, gaslighting is, is a manipulative psychological tactic uh, aimed at utilizing or making an individual uh, question their own reality or memories. And that that is so sad. I mean, we, we've known people that this has happened with, and, and they just feel so awful about themselves because they've been torn down so much. Are you sure? What? Oh, <laughs> that was funny. You're trying yeah. to gaslight me. I'm trying to gaslight We're going to have to have a chat after this. A little role play. A little role play there. All right. All right, Dr. J. Well, ha ha. The term gaslighting comes from a 1938 British play, Gaslight. Oh. Wherein a husband consistently alters the home environment and denies any changes have taken place. Oh. Questioned by his wife. Wow. So he he deliberately informs her and her recollections are incorrect, creating doubt in her perception of reality. And so since then, uh, this has been known as gaslighting technique that people use to get people to question reality. Well, I wondered where that came from. That's interesting. Okay, cool. So, you know, some phrases that gaslighters use, uh, you know, to manipulate or Mm -hmm. undermine their victims. Right. I'm going to give you some examples. Okay. You're too sensitive. (laughs) You know, this may be you're talking to your sister. Right. And you're expressing your feelings and they may totally dismiss or invalidate or say to you, you're too sensitive. Mm, That's hard. You're overreaching. Mm. Uh, I've never said that. Totally denying it. (laughs) Uh, Okay. You're imagining things. Oh, wow. That really puts somebody on the defensive because they're thinking, oh, am I? Have you checked your medicine lately? Oh, that's awful. Are you taking your antidepressants? Did you, did you forget to take your medicine? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You're making a big deal out of nothing. Basically, they're saying that you really are causing problems and you don't know what you're talking about. Wow. Mm. Uh, you always or never do something. Mm. Um, you're being too emotional. Yeah. I was just joking. Can't you take a joke? Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm. You're paranoid. Mm. Uh, I think you're remembering it wrong. <laughs> you can go bad. on and on. There's many here. I mean, yeah. we'll be here all day going through some of this. True, uh, right. Uh, maybe some, a couple others. Okay. You're so insecure. Mm. 
Nobody else feels this way in his family. Oh, wow. You're just trying to play the victim. Mm. You're driving me crazy. <laughs> you, know, you can go on and on. Those are awful, though. I mean, I can think about how that would, if, if a person hears that over and over and over again, it definitely messes with their self-esteem, Christ-esteem, whatever you want to call it. And, uh, yeah, it, it lowers their view of themselves. You know, identifying this bef- when it, before it happens and mm-hmm. when it happens mm-hmm. helps because gaslighting has a tendency to uh, create that low self or Christ-esteem. Right. Uh, and increased reliance on the perpetrator. Right. The person keeps wanting affirmation that they're okay mm-hmm. or that they're remembering things right or they become almost codependent on the perpetrator wow. because they're so confused of what truth is or their, their perception is. Right. Uh, and, and basically this becomes uh, a rage of confusion and anger mm-hmm. and frustration uh, engaging in repetitive circular arguments, both verbally and internally. And it goes over and over again to the same types of detrimental cycles. Wow. That's tough. Yeah. You know, it, it really is evil. It I mean, is. It really is. It is. Um, the second thing to do is hold steadfast to the truth. Right. You know, Jesus said, the truth shall set you free. Well, and let's talk about that for a second. I mean, I know that some of these phrases that you said, we will say to our spouse and not even realize that we're gaslighting. Say, say we're a person that's not a narcissist. We might say these things and we need to realize now what it can do to your spouse or your child or your friends how just these simple statements can really tear someone down. And I think the truth will set you free. If, if one, if a spouse says that to us, we need to stop and talk it through. I think humble ourselves, right? Instead of, uh, trying to, to, uh, deflect it. Yes. Onto the other person. Right. And say, Hey, you know, that statement that you, you just said was, was gaslighting and, and we don't need to be doing those things to each other. I mean, all of us have gaslit before. Absolutely. Uh, Absolutely. I think the narcissist goes beyond that. Well, they're just, overboard. Yeah. But I think we all have, and I think yeah. you're right. Gaslighting can is really a form of abuse, yeah, of emotional abuse, and it's so sneaky and sly that I, you really don't even realize you're doing it unless you get called out. It really, really yeah. is. It, so, truth's uh, important. Yeah, I mean, humbling yourself. Yeah, if you do this to your children, they're going to grow up not being confident. Right, they're going to grow up uh, not knowing. You know. Really questioning themselves about everything. Correct. They're going to be people pleasers, wanting to be accepted by everyone. Yeah. And really, if as a if they're a Christian, not right. really knowing who they are in Christ and having that confidence yes. of that Christ esteem. Right. Yeah. Right. Hold steadfast to that truth. Yes. The aim and goal or mission of a gaslighting is to instill doubt into the uh, individual's perception. Mm-hmm. And basically, the gaslighter's objective is really to evade responsibility right. and blame the other person. 
Blaming the other person, definitely. And then they don't have to take any responsibility for anything because it's somebody else's fault all the time. So holding to that truth, really mm-hmm. knowing who you are, right. knowing Christ, yes. knowing the truth. Right. You know, there's some people that can't handle the truth. I remember, <laughs> what is it? Uh, what is the movie called where A Few Good oh, Men? You can't handle the truth. Yeah. yeah I, I forget the guy, the lawyer. Was it Tom Cruise? I, I think know. so. I think so. Uh, he keeps on going after this general. Mm-hmm. And finally, the general says, you know, you can't handle the truth. <laughs> and some people can't. Right. But, but you know what? The, the one who's the victim here being perp- ver- being verbally abused, emotionally abused, right, needs to stand on the truth. Absolutely. Yeah. Definitely. Uh, record your thoughts in writing. Mm, that's good. Anchor yourself in your authentic self, uh, considered uh, expressing events as they unfold in writing. Documenting. That's good. Experiences through journaling. Make it a routine to revisit your entries. Maintaining a log, ongoing events, journals, sir, journals are helpful. So this would, I mean, so if you are married to or your your um, child or your parents or or you are living with a narcissist, mm-hmm. it, it would be imperative for you to start doing these journals. That's a valuable tool because yeah. you're able to track developments over time, and you can go back and check, make sure. Yeah, that's what that person said. Right. That, yeah, and so you have it recorded in writing. You can't really argue with that. And then it helps you to realize, yeah, this is really what I guess. I mean, we forget. We forget things. Um, but we especially we forget things that we're always being told that we're remembering it wrong by a narcissist. So I think that is a really good tool to, do, to use. Simplify the conversation. Yeah. Right. Uh, narcissist, uh, gaslighters, these type of individuals you know, like to write long, long messages or emails mm. uh, because they really like to bring confusion. Right. Uh, they want to look important. Yeah. Because they're very insecure. Yeah. So simplify your conversation. Define your objectives or set your boundaries too. Oh, boundaries are important. Uh, define your objectives objectives mm-hmm. before engaging in the conversation. That's good. What is your aim here? Right. What's your goal to achieve or resolve? Cool. And identify the key points you wish to convey. Don't try to overreach. Right. Uh, just be pithy and <laughs> to the point. Right. That's good. I like that. Someone engaging in gaslighting tends to lie, manipulate the whole narrative. Right. And downplay emotions. Yeah. So have a clear purpose. Uh, when entering the conversation, have a plan of mm-hmm. goals. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this will help prevent... Uh, the gaslighting from uh, going uh, overboard um, and and getting out of control. Right. That's very good. Very good. Be willing to cease from the conversation. Yeah. Sometimes you have to just walk away. Yeah. Um, You know, you think you're going to rationalize, but you're not. No. Um, the, The individual employing gaslighting tactics might resort to deflecting, minimizing, mm-hmm. abusing, uh, so it's in crucial. It's very crucial to uh, engage in self-validation and discernment. Right. Yeah, when the conversation becomes repetitive or circular, that makes sense. And and you're saving yourself and a whole lot of heartache and hurt by walking away from that conversation. And when it keeps going repetitive and circular in nature, 
they're trying to catch you. They'll keep right. repeating the same story. Yeah. Um, and maybe a mystery too. A same story mm-hmm. in a circular, repetitive manner. So they get you to say something different or maybe not totally correct because you're so confused of what they said. Right. And they say, see, see uh, what you just said? Yeah. So it's best just to leave that conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Don't fret about attempting to outwit the gaslighter. Ah, you won't be able to outwit them. You're not going to. No. No. So don't even try. The most effective strategy against a gaslighter is to detach. Yeah. Even if you come prepared with abundance of evidence, videos, Mm -hmm. recordings, writings, and gaslighting uh, will likely deflect, minimize, or deny it. Yeah, that makes sense. So it's more valuable to leave the situation with your perception intact. Mm -hmm. Very good. How to respond when facing gaslighting. Okay. As you notice familiar gaslighting phrases in the conversation, consider using these. My feelings and perspectives are valid. Mm. I don't appreciate being told I'm too sensitive. Very good. Uh, Don't dictate how I should feel. These are my genuine emotions. Oh, I like these. These are good. Yeah. I have the right to discuss these matters without being labeled as dramatic. Ooh, yeah. I witnessed what happened. Mm-hmm. I won't proceed with this conversation if my feelings are consistently minimized. Very good. And establish and enforce boundaries as needed. Mm. So awareness, becoming more cognizant of gaslighting, mm-hmm. uh, varies among along spectrums. But certain individuals engaging in gaslighting may be oblivious to their actions and unaware of the impact on others. Right. So I think some gaslighters are fully conscious of their behavior. Oh, most definitely. And they intentionally do it. Yeah. While there's some out there, I think, that are so used to it. Right. They don't even know they're doing it. Right. Agreed. Enhance your support network. Mm, very important. Yeah. Um. Uh, you want people that are going to be authentic mm-hmm. friends, support system that are going to affirm you. Yes. You don't want flying monkeys. No flying monkeys. No. You know what flying monkeys are? Those are people that, that uh, are listening to the gaslighter narcissist yeah. and are agreeing with them and coming, basically coming against you with them, yes. ganging up on you. Yep. So the objective of gaslighting particularly for individuals within the spectrum of narcissistic personality disorder, can be psychological isolation, emotional dependence. Yeah. They will almost always isolate the victim. Right. And uh, so that there's emotional dependence and they can't get out of it. So, you know, if you have a narcissist in your life, you need to do constant, you need to constantly do check-ins with yourself and that, you know, realize, am I isolating myself from everybody because of how they're treating me and what can I do to get out of this? And last but not least, I think really, really, because self-doubt is such a problem in situations like this with gaslighting, one of the critical aspects of the Christian faith that you want to learn and lean into is your sensitivity to the illuminations of the spirit of God. Uh, Really listening, really listening to to Jesus. Yes. Christians have an internal clarity checker. Yes. The Holy spirit, the Holy spirit. Absolutely. God himself. Yeah. Nobody can manipulate the spirit of God. No. Which makes sensing him vital. So when you're looking into this, there's a fourfold check. Okay. 
uh, and balance system the Lord gave us. Number right. one is the word of God. Yes. You know, what does the Bible say about what you're thinking? Mm-hmm. Okay. Number two is comforter. Yes. How do you believe the spirit of God is illuminating right. your thoughts? Good. And then number three is community. Mm-hmm. What does a trusted godly friend say about the situation or your relationship? Right. And then fourthly is conscience. What yeah. do you think is happening to you in your relationship from a conscientious standpoint? Let's go back to number three. You have to be careful with number three. You don't want you want to make sure that you do have that trusted friend, family member, whatever that you can lean on and talk to that will be honest with you and will give you their honest opinion, biblical Christian opinion as well. And this is not a situation where you want to go talk to, you know, sometimes people will take their problems to anybody that will listen to them and they get way too many opinions and they're not going to wise counsel. So make sure that you're going to wise counsel. You're not going to so many people uh, to validate yourself because you feel unvalidated. So be careful with that. And you find you a godly Christian therapist. Yeah, that's very important. I know one. Doctor J. Doctor J. <laughs> yeah. Cool. And uh, yeah, it's uh, this has been a, a good one. I, I like. Yeah. We're trying to balance this out, right? You know, with everything points back to Jesus. Absolutely. But we're trying to do different things. Uh, yeah. Study. Absolutely. And um, so, yeah. But I, I think with all of this, go ahead. Oh, if you have any topics that you'd like for us to cover or, or delve into deeper, just give us a text. Give us an email. Um, we give all our information at the beginning of each podcast. So go back to that and send us an email or a text. And, you know, and, and it was the best part about being a believer. Yes. Is that we have a living hope in Jesus. Yes. Um, you know, the world... Really, the world system mm-hmm. and the people that reject Christ don't have it. You're right. But people that have trusted Jesus as their Lord and Savior mm-hmm. have the living hope that God can mm-hmm. take a mess. Absolutely. Turn it into a message for his glory, for your good. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a great day. Goodbye.